So this is a bit of a different Sunday for us. Some of you know that, some of you don't. This is our Vision Sunday. Uh, so uh, one of our commitments as a kind of new young church is to the beginning of every calendar year to set aside one Sunday where we look back a little bit to what God has already done and then uh, do our best to envision where God is leading us as a church. So uh, if this is your first time with us, you, you just have to come back next week. Uh, because this isn't the normal Sunday for us. So you're going to walk away, and you're either going to love what you experienced, or you're going to be like, what was that? Uh, so come back next week, okay? All right. Um, my job this morning is to help us as a church um, acknowledge what God has done uh, in, the, in the young life of our church, but also to uh, get very specific with us about what we think God is calling us to do. Um, Some of you will notice that we didn't say our mission statement this morning. That's something we generally do every single Sunday uh, right before we we greet one another. Uh, But I I want us to do that now because I want to use that as sort of the launching point uh, into my uh, very brief sermon today. Very brief because we have a a pretty long video that we're going to show you to tell some of the stories of what God has been doing uh, in our church. So Tyler, if you can go ahead and put that up there and join me in saying uh, our mission. We seek to be a city within a city. An alternate Chicago that passionately loves Jesus Christ, intentionally engages in authentic community, and radically advances the cause of Jesus. Thanks. Uh, It's a pretty straightforward statement. I think most of it is pretty self-explanatory. If I get questions, which I do, about our, our mission, it's that very first phrase, we seek to be a city within a city, an alternate Chicago. What does that mean? Right? Everything else is pretty straightforward, kind of, especially if you've uh, read the Bible very much or been around a church. Those, those, that language, Christ, community, cause, sounds pretty familiar to you, I think. But that first phrase, we seek to be a city within a city, an alternate Chicago. What does that mean? Where does that come from? It's not a random phrase. Did you know that? There's actually a theological background for this language. And if you've been with us uh, for a few months, this may ring familiar to you because it comes from the Gospel of Matthew. And our church has spent the last few months studying the Gospel of Matthew. We're going to be wrapping uh, that up in the, in, in the next few weeks. But this comes from Matthew chapter 5. And it's at the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, one of Jesus' most well-known sermons. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He gathers his disciples around him on a mountaintop, and then some, uh, uh, some other folks gather around as well. So there's this big crowd sitting on this mountaintop in the region of Galilee, not too far from the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus begins one of his most famous teachings, the Sermon on the Mount. And you might remember that he begins with the Beatitudes, blessed are. Do you remember that? Blessed are, blessed are, blessed are. And then right after the Beatitudes, Jesus gives this short little teaching about a city on a hill, about the salt of the earth, about a lamp. Does it sound familiar to anybody? Anybody? So let me read this to you, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14, 15, and 16. Now remember, Jesus is speaking here to his disciples, but the crowd is listening in. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. Um, This is where our mission comes from. When we say every single Sunday that we... Uh, seek to be a city within a city, an alternate Chicago, it comes from this text in the Gospel of Matthew. Hopefully many of you knew that. Some of you may, may not have, and if you're a visitor this morning, this, of course, is 
all new to you. Let me say a couple of very brief things about our mission together, and then we're going to get a little bit more specific about what we believe God is calling us to this coming year, our vision for 2011. I think there's three major characteristics of a city within a city or of a city on a hill. Now, Jesus' disciples, these 12 men, fishermen, tax collectors, zealots, they're, they're sitting around Jesus, and when he gives this language, um, it, it calls certain things to mind, right? So, so, so they may have imagined the city of Jerusalem. You know, maybe they imagined traveling from the north in Galilee down to their, the, the, the Jews' most, the most famous, most sacred city, Jerusalem. It sat up on a hill. So maybe they imagined traveling down to Jerusalem to offer sacrifices at the temple or to worship at one of the Jewish festivals. And maybe they imagined coming after a long day's travel to Jerusalem, the sun is setting, and there off in the distance is a city that's lit up. They can see it from miles and miles away. Or maybe some of the fishermen in the crowd, they imagined uh, uh, at the end of a night's long fishing, spending all night out on the Sea of Galilee, Uh, coming to shore, and just before the sun comes up, seeing little dots of light in the surrounding hill country of these little towns, these little cities on a hill. So it's not just this random language that Jesus chooses. You're going to be this city on a hill. He's he's calling to mind a, a very specific image that people would have been familiar with. You tracking with me? So Jesus chooses this language, and on one level it's Pretty mundane. Yeah, okay, we, 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 we hear what you're saying. We can picture what you're saying. But on another level, it's quite profound because what is Jesus doing? Jesus is calling out a new people to himself here. Now, remember, this is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. There's a lot that people don't know about what, who he is, where he's going, what his ultimate mission and purpose is leading to the cross. There's a lot they don't know. But at the very beginning, Jesus is calling out to himself a new people. We've said, as we've studied the Gospel of Matthew, that that Jesus was the Messiah, the anointed one that the Jewish people were waiting for. And Jesus says that because I have come, the kingdom of heaven has come. You remember this, some of you? Yes? Because I have come, because the Messiah has come, the kingdom of heaven has come near. God is doing what God promised to do on behalf of God's people. God is acting in the world in a new way. Rescue is coming. Why? Because the Son of God has come. The Messiah has come. So, because this is happening, Jesus is now calling out a people to himself, a new community, a new family. The language that we saw last week, ecclesia, a church. Jesus is calling out a people to himself because God is acting in the world in a new way. The anointed one has come. The Messiah has come. And so what does Jesus say? He says, you will be a city on a hill, right? You're going to be this new people. So three quick characteristics of of a city on a hill that I think have massive application for us as a new church. The first is that the light from this city points beyond itself. Some of you have, have, have flown into Chicago at night, right? It's dark, and, you, and, you, and you, you're, you're flying into either O'Hare or Midway. And if it's a clear night, and you're sitting on the right side of the plane, you get to see a pretty amazing vision of the city, right? The skyline. Anybody seen that before? It's really nice, right? And, and, and if you like Chicago like I do, when you see that skyline, it's like, oh, good, I'm home. And it's amazing. You see the Sears Tower and the John Hancock and the Trump Tower and the skyline to the south, and it's, you know you're home. Right? The light from Chicago at night, even though we're not exactly a city on a hill, uh, the light from Chicago at night, right, it, it comes from itself. The light points to itself. You see the light of Chicago and you think about Chicago. It's different, though, for us. 
Jesus says at the end of this passage that people will see our light shine before others, see our good deeds, and glorify who? Huh? Our Father in heaven. So the light of this city, of this new community, points beyond ourselves. In other words, when people see this new community that Jesus is telling his disciples about, when he says, you're going to be this city on a hill... The city on the hill doesn't exist just for people to look at and go, well, aren't those some nice people? Look at the nice things that they do, right? The, the, the light on the hill, the city on a hill points beyond itself to who? To our Father in heaven, right? So when we, every single Sunday, when we say that we seek to passionately love Christ, this is what we're talking about. We want our lives, our words, our worship, our, our time together in community, when we go out and serve our city, to point beyond ourselves to point to Christ, the source of our light. There is no light in our new community. There's no light in our city on the hill if Christ is not present. Amen? So we point not to ourselves. We point beyond ourselves. We want people to encounter us, and in encountering us, encounter the resurrected Jesus. Amen? First characteristic of our city, the light that exists within us points beyond ourselves to the source of that light to Jesus Christ. Second characteristic of this new community, of this city within a city, as Jesus says, the city on a hill. We are this together. Anybody grow up in a church where you sang that song like as a kid, this little light of mine? Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? I'm not going to sing it. Don't worry. I won't do that to you. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. It's a nice little song. It's theologically wrong in light of our text today. (laughs) Still a nice song. I still like that song. I still, you know, Kelly, we can sing that song if you want to. In light of our text today, though, that's that's really only a tiny part of the picture because it's this light of ours. The, The language in this text in Matthew is not individual language. It's not singular language. It's plural. It's us. You all are the light of the world, the city on a hill. You see that? This is incredibly important because as we every single Sunday talk about being an authentic community. This is where it comes from, right? Jesus doesn't say, if you go and stand up on a hill all by yourself and wave your flashlight around, right? No. You are called out to be this new city on a hill, this new community together, together, together. This is why we attach the word authentic to community. We don't just say community because uh, community means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Would you agree? Sometimes you can just have a collection of individuals in a room together and be like, oh, that's a nice community, right? Uh, One of my mentors says that a lot of what passes for community is actually pseudo-community. It's not actually community. It's just everybody kind of getting along on the surface, right? Sometimes what passes for community is people saying, you can be here if you check your culture at the door, right? Your ethnic history at the door, right? So when we say we desire to be an authentic community, it's saying we desire to be this city on the hill that Jesus talks about. Is that easy? That's not a trick question. No. It's hard. It's complicated. Pseudo-community is not too hard, right? People could visit our church and be like, oh, look, you got like lots of people whose skin is a little bit different color than each other. Isn't that nice? That's not community, though, is it? No, it's not. Community is much, much deeper than that. Involves issues of reconciliation, addressing privilege, race, ethnicity. Amen? Amen. 
So another aspect of this, another trait of the city on the hill is that we do it together. We're in it together. We address this together. It's not you by yourself. It's not me by yourself. It's us together. Christ, community. You can imagine what I think our third trait of this city on this hill is, and it's the cause of Christ. If you think about a city on a hill, a a lit-up city, um, the light can't be contained within the city, can it? Right? It's not like you can decide just to, okay, the light stops at the border of our city. It's not going to happen. Jesus also uses the, the image of a, of a lamp. What's the purpose of a lamp? Spill light over into a house, right? Anybody have the power go out in your apartment before? Like, where did I put that flashlight? You know, it's dark and you're bumping into things. But as soon as you turn on that flashlight, it illuminates the room that you're in, right? That's the purpose of light to bring illumination, light, visibility to the area around where you are. Now, uh, those of us who are part of our church, we're here, I'm sure, for most of us because we get something out of it. And that's a good thing, right? I need you. I need to be here. I need your support. I need your encouragement. I need, when, when Michelle Dodson preaches, I need to hear her preach from the text. I need to be reminded of the truths of the scripture. I need that. I get something from our church. That is only half of the story because we don't exist for our own good. Amen? So a city on the hill exists for the good of those outside of the city. Yes? Back in, back in, in Jesus' day, even if you didn't live in the city itself, it was a good thing to live nearby the city because you benefited from the protection of that city. The goodness of that city covered where you lived as well. So another trait of this new community that Jesus has called out for himself is that we exist for the good of our neighbors. We exist for the good of those who may never show up here on a Sunday morning. We exist for the good of every single kid in this school who shows up into this auditorium during the week. Amen? Amen. So when we talk about Christ, community, and the cause of Jesus in our world, this is what we're talking about. We together, as this city on the hill, this city within the city of Chicago that Jesus has called out to himself, have these very specific anchors and markers that we hold on to. As we pursue the cause of Jesus, this last one that I mentioned, as we pursue the cause of Jesus as a church, it's imperative that we pay attention to the people that Jesus paid attention to. You're going to hear a little bit more about this in just a second, but uh, Jesus pays attention to what I like to call the invisible people. We see all of these people who would have been invisible to the culture at large popping up in the Gospels and in Paul's epistles. People who the, the, the powers that be would have just overlooked completely show up in, in these positions of priority and prominence in the Gospel. Right? And so for us as a church, as we imagine the cause of Jesus advancing in our city, we start with the invisible people. We start with those who the powers that be would overlook. Right? who our society, who our culture would marginalize or who would push to the sidelines. We pay attention because we believe that the cause of Jesus is advancing there as well, and we want to be a part of that. Yes? Yes, okay. You're going to hear a little bit more about that in just a second in some more uh, specific practical ways. So, uh, Tyler, go ahead and put up our vision statement for this coming year. So that's the high-level picture. This is our identity. This is our mission. So where are we going? How does this trickle down to us in 2011? We believe God is calling us to purposefully invite our neighbors to experience Christ, grow deeper together in reconciling community, and advance the cause of Christ, particularly among the youth of Bronzeville and beyond. Now, does that attach to you for our mission? 
Pretty clear connection to what I just talked about? Yes, okay. So now we're getting a little bit more specific. We're saying we think that in 2011, these are the areas of focus and priority for us as a church. Now that's still probably a little bit vague, and we're going to get a little bit more specific here in just a minute. Um, And I'm going to show you this video here that Tony Williams, who unfortunately is traveling this weekend, put together. He interviewed a few folks uh, from our church, and, and what we asked them to do is to kind of reflect on what God has been doing in their lives as we envision where God is calling us to. So what I want you to listen to as we look at this video here in just a minute is how has the Holy Spirit already been active, okay? Because we pay attention to that. We just don't pull vision out of thin air, right? We pay attention to what God has already been doing in our church, and then we listen to where we think God is taking us to, where God is going. So one quick thing before we look at this, at this, uh, at this video. How do we know what our vision is as a church? I want to I share this with you because it's important that you sort of know some of the process that our leaders go through and that, and that our entire church goes through as we envision what God has called us to. And I think there's application to our individual lives as well. How do we know the vision that God has called us to for the coming year? I think there's three key questions that we should ask. Here's the first one. What do we know about Jesus? We've seen this over and over again in Matthew. You want to know who God is? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God is up to in our world? You look at Jesus, right? You want to know what a a, a life devoted to the cause of God in our world looks like? We look at Jesus. We want to know what true worship looks like? We look at Jesus. We want to know what sacrificial generosity looks like? We look at Jesus, right? So it probably sounds like a Sunday school answer to you, but how do we know? How do we know? How do we know what our vision is going to be? We start by saying, What do we know about Jesus? Who is Jesus? Amen? Can you agree with that? Amen. Here's the second question that we ask as we we, uh, imagine what our vision is going to be. Who has God called us to be? Do you know that there's a lot of different churches in the city? Did you know that? And and, and if you visited those churches on any given Sunday, they'd look radically different than ours, right? Yes? (laughs) And you know what? That's a good thing. That's a good, good thing. Because God, for whatever reason, hasn't called us all to look the same and do the same things. God, for whatever reason, has given different new communities, different cities on the hill, different missions, right? He's brought different people who are equipped with different talents and gifts and experiences to participate in the mission of God in different ways, yes? So it's right for different churches to look different to have different ways of pursuing God's mission in our city, yes? But for us, we've said this is what we believe God has called us to be, Christ, community, cause. These are our areas of focus, our areas of priority. This is our identity as a church. So we start by saying, what is Jesus doing? Who is Jesus? Then we second, we ask, who has God called us to be? So we're grounded in what God is doing in our world. We're grounded in the identity of that God has given us as a church. And then the third thing that we ask is how has the Holy Spirit been at work among us? See, when we talk about vision as a church, it's important that we don't uh, uh, think about like, uh, think, think too much like a business, right? Where you kind of have your mission statement and that's it and that's it and that's it, right? Because we serve a living God, amen? We serve an active God, amen? We serve a God who's chosen to take up residence among us. So that means if you're a new person and you come to our church and you become a part of our church, we somehow mysteriously are getting 
new insight into who God is. Because the Holy Spirit of God lives and resides in you. So it's incredibly important that we don't just say, this is going to be exactly what we pay attention to and do as a church for all time and forever because God is active and present and living in our community. So we look at who Jesus is, we look at our identity that God has called us to be about, and then we look back over our shoulder a little bit. We say, what is it that the Holy Spirit has been doing? That make sense? What has the Holy Spirit been doing? That's been our process as we look at our vision for 2011. As I spent time with different ones of our leaders and people who were in prayer together, this is what we did. And if you're wondering, what is my life going to look like in 2011? Could I suggest the same pattern? Start with Jesus. Then look at your identity in Christ. Who has God called me to be? And what is it the Holy Spirit has been doing in my life? Yeah? Yeah? Okay. We're going to look at this video. This is going to take up uh, most of the rest of our time, so get comfortable. We don't have any, like, popcorn for you uh, or soft drinks or anything like that. So get comfortable and pay attention to some of the stories and see if you can't hear what the Holy Spirit has been doing and where we believe that God is calling us to go. My name is David Swanson, the pastor of this church, New Community Covenant Church that worships here in Bronzeville. Uh, every single Sunday that we gather, we, we say the same thing together. We talk about being a, a church that values Christ's community and cause, that we uh, seek to passionately love Jesus Christ, that we seek to intentionally engage an authentic community, that we desire to pursue the reconciling uh, cause of Christ in Bronzeville and throughout the city. Uh, we say that every single week. That's the big picture for us. Um, but as we look forward to this coming year to 2011, it's, it's incredibly important for us as a new church to define more specifically what do we mean by that? What is that going to look like for us in 2011? And so what we've done over the past couple of months is, is try to just listen very intentionally to God. What has God already been doing in our church? Who has God been bringing? What are the values that are already present in our church? And then to pull that up against where we believe God is calling us uh, to put our energy, to put our attention, to put our, our resources in this coming year. We've identified three different things uh, that I want to share with you very briefly and then um, have some people tell their stories that uh, embody these things, that, that kind of capture these three pieces of our vision in 2011. So in 2011, there are these three key pieces of our vision. The first is that we're going to be intentionally reaching out to Bronzeville, uh, to the apartments that are nearby us, uh, intentionally reaching uh, out to people to draw them in, not just to our church, but to draw them into relationship with Christ. We desire God to use our church, not just to fill seats, but to uh, connect with those who don't know Christ, who aren't in relationship with Christ, or maybe to connect with those who have some bad church experience in their past and where this can be a safe place for them to reconnect with God. And so that's our first one. We're going to be reaching out intentionally, inviting, bringing folks uh, to experience our church and more importantly to experience the love of Christ through our church. The second thing that we're going to be doing is growing deeper together in community. We're an intentionally multicultural, multi-ethnic church, and that's pretty easy to talk about and often very hard to do. And so we're going to be really careful and intentional this year as we grow deeper in community uh, together. And then the last thing is that we want to see the cause of Christ advance uh, among the youth of Bronzeville and beyond. 
We believe that God has uniquely equipped our church and called our church to see the cause of Jesus advance among young people uh, in this neighborhood and throughout our city. So I want you to take a look at these three stories, three different people who kind of capture for me, three different members of families in our churches who capture for me what God has already done and then where we believe God is taking us. In 2011, the the first part of our vision for what we want to see accomplished is to have every one of us regularly inviting friends, neighbors, family members, co-workers to come and see what God is doing in our church. Again, not just to see lots of people come, but to see people encounter Christ and experience the love of Christ. And for me, Brent is one of those people who totally captures this aspect of our vision, how God is already doing this in our church. Brent is someone um, who wouldn't be here at this point if someone hadn't reached out to him. He wasn't part of the the original team to start this church, but now he's a vital member of what God is doing through our church. So give us the name Rick Serial. What's your name? Where you from? My name is Brent Rowland and I'm from Chicago. I actually live right here in Bronzeville. Well, you know, one of my, uh, I had an intern at the company that I work with. Uh, her name is Jenny. She told me about her church, New Community in uh, Logan Square, which is the first uh, new community. And uh, she told me that there's one opening here, like right next door to me. Well, not really next door, but just kind of like down the street and away from me. And I said, you know what? This is cool because I, for a while, I've been just like looking for a church. I grew up in a Catholic family. And uh, my grandmother's always a church-going woman, and not everyone in the family always, you know, not everyone went to church or started to after a while. For a while, I wanted to go to church. I wanted to find, uh, I wanted to find something that really fit me. Uh, diversity is a big thing, and you know, uh, Bible-based is another big thing. And I just really wanted to, just really wanted to find a place that had all that and just felt like home. Bronzeville is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. We call it, we call it historic Bronzeville for a lot of reasons. One being the Bud Billiken Parade that happens every year, the Back to School Parade, and just the buildings, the uh, the area, everything about it is just really fantastic. And over time, it's just grown. Tons more businesses, uh, tons more homes, really beautiful architecture, and uh, of course, just renovations. Every, a lot of things are always happening in this area. I've been here for about. Um, I would say, gosh, I want to say around 20-something years. I'm, I, I'm not that old, if you can believe that. But um, I've, uh, I've been here for, I'd say, the majority of my life. And uh, for, I would say, about the past 20, 21 years in the same apartment complex. 35th Cottage Grove, Wither Park, that area. It's, I, I love it. I have no complaints. <laughs> This has been, this has been just like you know the church you know God wanted me to have, that God wanted me to be at. Um, the diversity is just a big thing. Just to seeing all just all kinds of cultures and people, and uh, even people that you know have never followed Christ or even been introduced are just here, just you know present and engaged and loving. Just loving everything that's happening. So for me, that that's a big deal, and that's one of the main reasons I love being here and just being connected. And uh, there's there's lots of opportunity. This is definitely an opportunity church, so to speak. Uh, there's you know I I, uh, I work as a DJ for a really awesome media company, and uh, I run sound here 
every week. And just, there's all just opportunities for me to, you know, for people to uh, just really use their talents and just really, uh, really share and make a really good show. Gosh, there's so much I want. <laughs> there's so much I want. I, I'd love to see our numbers increase. I think that's the... That's, that's the biggest thing, you know, we, we are, we're, we're situated in an auditorium and there's so many seats, you know, anywhere from 200, 300 seats and, you know, only, you know, every week we only have, you know, 40 or 50 people and I'd love to see those numbers triple or quadruple or go up, period. Um, just love to see new faces, new, new people just saying yes to God, just yes to the Father and um, His kingdom and... Also, just would love to do, just love to do more events, and um, and just reaching out more, more connection with our friends at Logan Square, and just just uh, further partnerships, further partnerships with uh, Drake Elementary. I went to kindergarten here. I went, I went to kindergarten here, so this is like a like total full circle for me. My my, my classroom is my classroom's not here. It's like down there, down there somewhere, but. Um, yeah, just, just being able to give back to the school that's given back to me when I was in kindergarten when I was like five, six, five, five or six, and um, and uh, just being able to just be uh, just be a part of this really cool community is uh, it's a big deal. I don't know, there's there's so much. I I think you know you know my 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 mom came today. My mom came to church. We we. Uh, Sometimes we, uh, my mom goes to like other churches, but every other week she comes with me to church. So this is, you know, brought us, you know, close together. And in the past we didn't go to church together. We didn't. And although we're, you know, I, I was raised Catholic. I'm a self-declared Christian. I said I want to follow the Lord. And um, and the, the, just the fact that, you know, God said, you know, this is the church you're going to be at, friend. You know, that that's a big deal. And you know, just being in the area, that, that's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's brought my mom and I just together, just being here, and uh, it's connected me with so many awesome people, and connected me back to my old school, and uh, gosh, there, there are a lot of stories I could probably tell, and, uh, but I don't, know, I, I don't know how much space you have in your card over there, but um, I, I'll say it in short, God has brought, you know, God's brought me to the place He wants me to be. The second piece of our vision this coming year is to continue providing authentic and reconciling community. That we are um, being really specific and intentional about how we're growing deeper together as a church, particularly as it relates to addressing issues of ethnicity, race, privilege, uh, so that all of the walls of hostility that we find in the scriptures will be addressed uh, by the gospel. Uh, Eric and Stephanie is a couple, uh, again, who's a little bit newer to our church, but who for me captures this, this value of community and why it's so important that our church provides so many avenues for people to be connected to our church, to allow, uh, to, to find a place where relationships can be established and, uh, and new friendships developed. Okay, um, I'm Stephanie Changton. Um, we just started coming to uh, New Community Bondsville back in in July, August when we moved um, to Chicago. And uh, right now I'm working as a family medicine doctor at Lundell Christian Health Center. Um, my name is Eric Changchen. i originally from Ohio, moved to Chicago to do my uh, surgery training here at Mount Sinai Hospital 
um, was going to new song Logan Square um, when I moved here in 2007. New song. Sorry, new community. <laughs> <laughs> new community. Yeah. This is bad. New community. Um, back in 2007 when I moved here in Logan Square, um, but I moved to California for a year. Um, we got married then last year, and uh, since we moved back here, um, we live really close to Bronzeville, so that's why we started coming here. Um, I think, you know, when we think about community, it's really the body of Christ and, and what that means. So supporting each other, um, working together um, for a purpose to do good work, and um, that's really what we wanted, I think, out of um, the church when we moved back to Chicago, a church that both of us were going to be going to together, and that was the kind of environment and family that we were looking for. I think our, our, pers- I mean, our perspective is a little bit different now being married, um, not having that singlehood to necessarily <laughs> worry about anymore. Um, we can kind of, our focus right for us is um, ministry as a, as a team right now. Um, so yeah, it, it's really, it's really changed after we got married. Um, I think you know, it's, it's kind of interesting. Um, before, when I lived in Chicago, when I was going to med school, it was definitely just a very isolated area, part of Chicago, you know, Michigan Avenue, Gold Coast area, a very skewed view, I think, of the city and, and the experience. And so kind of moving over here and being closer to Bronzeville um, and then even starting to work um, at the clinic that I'm at, it really um, where people are committed to caring about the people who've lived in this, you know, the neighborhoods and community for so long, um, that it's, it was kind of, it was nice, you know, it was nice that my work and, you know, where I'm going to church are thinking about the same things and, and wanting to, um, you know, help people that have been living in the same place really flourish and grow. Reaching, you know, really specific pockets of Hispanic populations, African American, um, and kind of the universal theme being, you know, um, less socioeconomically well-off patients. And so I think uh, Eric and I, you know, we both kind of serve both those communities when he's in the hospital and when I'm in the clinic that we felt like, you know, that matches the heart of what I think the church in Bronzeville is trying to do, too. Um, I see New Community being a church that is here for the people that live around Bronzeville. Um, there's such a there's such a diverse um, group of people at our church as it is and who live around this area. Um, I'm excited about how multi-ethnic, multicultural, multiracial um, our church is, and I think that it's in a really unique place to be able to serve. Um, People who come from so many different backgrounds. And I think that's I think that's what really drew me to Brownsville in the first place was um, just being able to connect with people that I wouldn't otherwise normally um, connect with at work or um, you know play. So I mean I see Brown I see so many um, I see a lot of potential for Brownsville uh, to be a place where a lot of people different people can connect and share. Uh, their perspective of what what their faith is with each other. 
you know, we all have different uh, different paths. We all have different walks. We all communicate with God differently. Um, so really learning from each other and uh, what other people's experiences have been. Um, it's been really beneficial for my walk. Um, we've been able to keep each other accountable. I've been able to pray for each other. I've been able to um, see prayers answered. Um, so I think for the fellowship component of um, being at this church has been the biggest uh, um, help for me. You know, I think it's been really just an awesome experience um, for me because kind of moving back to Chicago has been a while um, since I've been here, so I was really kind of maybe feeling um, uprooted and kind of dropped off somewhere. <laughs> um, and so just kind of being being embraced by this group of just really different people, but, um, you know, we're, we are united by just this passionate love for Christ um, and just how we can support each other in wanting to really follow after him um, as hard as possible um, and just you know even just thinking of our community group and how different we are but how each Thursday just is something that I look forward to so much in knowing that we're going to challenge each other um, but encourage each other um, through through our walk with Chris. Sure. Um, so community group, you know, probably more commonly known to other people, a small group where, um, you know, we we get an opportunity to fellowship with smaller groups of um, people in, in the congregation. Um, and really, I think we were just arbitrarily assigned by the day of the week that you could meet, <laughs> which is nice. You know, it really brings together a different group of people. Um, and it was great for us, you know, that was really, I think, how we um, got to know people and really get connected with um, New Community Bronzeville, um, and it was kind of a funny story, you know, we, we were like, well, it seems like the best way to get to know people at the church, so we said we were interested, and the next email we got was like, that's great, would you like to host? And it was like, oh, well, we haven't, we haven't tried it yet, but okay. And, you know, it turned out to be this really great opportunity, you know, God really just being like, hey, you know, you said you were interested, like, here's your chance, and I mean, definitely don't regret it, it's wonderful, and definitely, it forces us to have to be here every week, <laughs> so it works out to benefit for, for everyone, um, but yeah, it's like six I'd say core group of people, you know, always open to, to more people, people have brought friends and have felt comfortable, you know, believers, non-believers, being able to just study the word um, and talk about what it means. And be good. Yes, always. <laughs> That's still pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> The last piece of our vision this coming year, and it's, it's a big one for us, um, is that we see the cause of Christ advance among the youth of Bronzeville and beyond. Uh, and this, this is a big one. This is a little intimidating to me. Uh, but the reality is, is that from day one, we heard God saying, young people, young people, young people. And so we want to be obedient to that. And the amazing thing is that God has already been bringing young people 
uh, youth to participate in the life of our church. Uh, I've been blown away by this. And so we're going to follow up on what God is already doing by starting a youth ministry this year. Not just a side youth ministry, but uh, a ministry that allows our entire church to participate in the cause of Christ in young people. Um, Sonia, uh, one of our key members at our church, has been heavily involved in this. She's been very intentional with her time and her energy, her expertise in helping this uh, ministry get off the ground. Uh, and, and Juwan is a guy who is a student at the, at the school, at Drake Elementary School, where we meet. And the two of them have connected. He's become a part of our church. So I want you to hear a little bit of their story. You'll get an idea of where we think God is taking us as we take on this pretty big challenge this coming year. Right, so some of us have, you know, we take for granted just... Not even, like monetary or financial things that have that we have had in our lives but even just um, like presence of people right having the support of an adult or having someone who's who affirms you right um, and I think those are some of the biggest obstacles that some of our our children our youth um, don't have and kind of miss out on um, so I know for me like just as a classroom teacher and this may sound a little strange, but this idea of the value of touch, um, I make sure that I, you know, give each of my kids, you know, a handshake, high five, a hug, something, to know that they are valued um, in that way that oftentimes some children go the entire day never having been cared for in that way. So, yeah. Um, I would love, first of all, for our church to be a place where youth can come in this community and and be who they are and know that there, this is a place where um, hope is alive um, not just because of this kind of big philosophical religious thing but because of tangible evidence that Jesus is in each of us as human beings and through what we do through our words through our relationships that they experience that um, I would love to see our youth group grow um, where we are, whether wherever we come from, in our neighborhoods, our neighbors, whether we are teachers in school, social workers, whatever, that we would be willing to bring youth to our church. Um, I'd love to see weekly youth group services um, where the youth um, are served, where they can have that Bible study, whether it's boring or not, um, where they can learn and grow in Jesus, where they can learn what it means to know who they are and that they're loved unconditionally, um, not because of anything else, what the world says, but because of who Christ is. I think at a time I would like to play games, but then it's a time where like you need to buckle down and like like get to the point like while while we come to church. Which is what? Um, praise God, you know. You know, like get things to like while we're here and stuff. So balancing those two things? Yeah. Keep it a nice balance. Can't just like play all day because that's that's unethical. You can't you can't do that. <laughs> Um, Smart kid. But for next year, I, I think I guess I would like to like go like as deep as possible. I like getting deep, like going to like our deepest inner thoughts. Well, bring someone in. That's one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I like when money's outside for us, and like when we need like school supplies or. 
field trip money so we can get the stuff that we need. Like he, like to me, he always find a way so we can get the money, no matter who it's from. I think another blessing is like the like when we get sick, like whether it's emotional or physical. Like he always find a way to like make it better. Like I think that's some of the ways. Yeah. That's good. One last question. Do you pray? Yes, sir. So, what do you what do you pray for? Well, when I was little, I was taught to pray. When I was little, you got to keep it simple because you can only comprehend so much. So, when I was little, I was taught to pray, like pray for people. So, you wouldn't know exactly what people was going through. So, you would say their names. And then you ask God to like make it okay for whatever they're going through. That's kind of like what I do now. Sometimes I forget, but then like when I wake up, I'm like oh snap! So I might pray in the morning, and then so like I might I, I go when I pray. I pray every every morning probably I say, Father God, we thank you for this day of life and love. Give you praise, Hallelujah. Father God, we just ask that you keep us safe, turn from our destination. In the name of Jesus, Amen. And then. So that's my prayer every time I leave. Then before I go to bed, it's like it's like I go as deep as I can, like for our emotions, our physical, whatever the case may be. And then like it's like I go through a list of names, and then I ask for him to pray for them, like do do what he can do. That's basically it. But I try to pray every day, every day. God is calling us to this coming year, and uh, it, it can sound a little intimidating because we're a pretty young church, and there's a lot of work ahead of us. But the way that God works is that God calls a people, not just an individual, not just a group of leaders, God calls a people to participate with God in God's mission. And that's what we believe God has already done in our church. These stories that you've heard are examples of how God is working and moving among our church. And so we just want to pay attention to what God has already done and look forward into the future about where God is taking us. And if I could just be blunt, we need you. Uh, We need you to participate in this mission, this vision. Would you be asking God to to show you how you can participate as we reach out uh, to the neighborhood around us, as we grow deeper together into community, and as we adopt the youth of Bronzeville and beyond? Um, How can our mission be played out in your life? How can you take a a, a specific, tangible piece of this upcoming vision in 2011 and and throw your weight, your expertise, your talent, your time behind it? We need you to do this. So I invite you to participate in what God has already done and what God is going to do through our church this coming year. Thanks to everybody who participated in that. And you know that uh, that lanky white guy's got a good point there at the end. Uh, we really do need you. We really do need you. Our ushers are going to pass out um, a response card right now. And uh, you're not going to fill this out today. We're going to collect these uh, the last Sunday of this month, the 30th of January. And so here, here's kind of how this is going to work. We're going to ask that you uh, begin praying over this. Uh, we're going to ask that you bring this to your community group this coming week and have a conversation over this. If you're married, have a conversation with your spouse. Get some friends together, talk about this. How specifically is God calling you uh, 
to participate in this upcoming vision this year. Um, we're going to have these available in the next coming weeks. If you have a friend who wasn't in, in service today, they'll be able to get one if you lose yours, which I'm sure you won't. Can I get a copy, Candace, please? Um, and then on the 30th, we're going to spend a little bit of time together in worship and then uh, uh, kind of commit together to how we can be involved with this. Let me say just a couple of last things, then we're going to end our time in worship and then lunch. Um, you, you heard uh, why we believe God is calling us in a specific direction to go where uh, we're going this coming year. Let me just expand very, very, very briefly these three major components. So, Tyler, uh, the, the piece about Christ here. Uh, the, the Christ component of our mission, this is how we're saying it for 2011. We will actively invite our friends, family, neighbors who don't know Christ or who aren't connected with the church to explore and join God's mission through our Sunday services, community group service projects, and special events. You can see that up on the screen there. This, this is what we mean here, that, that um, uh, by inviting, we're going to do everything we can as a church to make our church as accessible to as many people as possible. So our community group Sunday services, special projects, service events. Um, we're asking that you do that as individuals, as families, as community groups, but also that we do that as a church so that we find ways together to reach out to the neighborhood, together to, to, to let our, our reputation be known in this neighborhood. Do you know that we have thousands of people who live right across the street? in these apartment complexes, Lake Meadows, Prairie Shores, thousands of people right across the street. How can our church be known as a, as a, as a place for people to encounter Christ? How can that happen for us? So, so this is the first piece. We're going to be very, very intentional about this, this um, aspect of inviting, of bringing, of letting people encounter Christ through our church. The second one, community. Tyler, if you can put that up. We will regularly and creatively provide opportunities to promote authentic and reconciling community within our church. So lunch today, that's... That's a step, right? Sit with somebody you don't know. Uh, get to know somebody a little bit. We have some folks in our church who are beginning to work on an all-church retreat for us to do later on this year. This is another kind of way that we're going to take uh, some steps towards this. So some fun stuff, some enjoyable stuff, hopefully some times of laughter and fun together, but also, also digging into some of the obstacles to a reconciled community, to an authentic community. That's going to start next week with our special guest, uh, Debbie Blue, who's going to be with us next week as she begins to address issues of privilege and power from the scriptures for us. So, so hopefully lots of moments of enjoyment uh, this year as a church, but also some moments where we go at it, where we experience a little bit of conflict in a healthy, Christ-centered way as we pursue this idea of reconciled community. And then the third one, cause, we will establish a youth ministry as an expression of God's awesome love for young people and their families near Drake Elementary School and beyond. Uh, you know, this is the one that's keeping me up at night lately. And, and not because it's, it's overwhelming, though it is, but because I, I'm just, I'm like on the edge of my seat wanting to see what God is going to do through this. I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to see what God has in mind. I think we've tasted it. I think we've gotten a little glimpse, but I don't think we have any clue how God wants to use our church to pursue, to intentionally pursue young people who are so often overlooked in our city, who are so often neglected in our communities and our neighborhoods. I don't think we can imagine what God wants. I don't think we can imagine how hard it's going to be. But I don't think we can imagine the, uh, the amazing things that we're going to see as we make this a priority. Amen? Uh, Sonia, Carlos, Daniel, put your hands up. You guys can. Uh, Carlos. So these, uh, Daniel's I think helping getting set up. These folks are leading uh, 
our efforts with our youth ministry this year. We're going to be hearing from them in the next couple weeks because they've already put together a strategic plan, not just for this ministry, but for you. They're planning your lives for this coming year. (laughs) What they're trying to do is find specific ways that every single one of us can contribute to this youth ministry. I've said this before. Most of you are not going to be youth leaders in our church. That would be a bad idea. But every single one of us can participate with this in, in some way. Amen? Amen. So you're going to be hearing me talk about this as we make announcements. We're going to be connecting them, uh, service opportunities, ministry opportunities to very specific parts of our vision this coming year. But let me just read through this this response card because I want this to be really clear for you as you kind of tuck this into your Bible and spend time in prayer over this. So you have our vision statement at the top for this year. Then you have a place for your name and your email address. And then three sections here. The first section, I desire to support the mission of God through our church in 2011 by one, inviting friends and neighbors who are disconnected from Christ to encounter the gospel through our church, humbly yet boldly pursuing gospel reconciliation that will expose my biases, prejudices, and bigotry. Careful if you check that box, just saying. Three, advocating for Bronzeville's young people by actively supporting the development of a church-wide youth ministry. Okay, second section. I desire to grow in my generosity towards God's mission in response to God's sacrificial generosity through Jesus by giving regularly of my finances to support the mission and ministry of our church, giving regularly of my time as I express God's love for my neighbors, giving regularly of my talents, expertise, experience, spiritual gifts, as I contribute my best to God's activity everywhere I find it. And in the third section, I desire to participate with God in 2011 by praying for our leaders, specifically for our vision this year. And this is key, this last one, don't overlook this one. Unity among our church and protection from the enemy as we follow Jesus wherever he leads us. And then the last section there, you can fill in other things that you want to be praying for. So this is how it's going to work. We're asking that you pray over this. This is going to be available for the next two weeks. For friends and family who haven't been here this week, they can pick it up. And then we want you to bring this with you on the 30th. There's a place for your name and your email address on here. It's not because we want to be big brother. We're not going to be like checking your homework or anything like that. Here's the idea. Uh, If you are willing to give us your name and your email address, one of the members of our leadership team is going to follow up with you in a couple weeks after we turn these in. Just let you know that they are specifically praying for you in this coming year and ask you if there's anything specific that they can pray for you about as you commit to the vision this year. Does that make sense? Again, this isn't just a collection of individuals. This isn't just people off by themselves doing so. We're in this together, yes? So we want to support you. Our leaders want to support you in this, Okay. Our leadership team doesn't know that they're doing that. They're just learning that right now. <laughs> but they're excited about it. Put this in your Bible. Begin praying over this. Please bring it back with you uh, on the 30th. And if you can't be here the 30th, bring it back with you the next Sunday, and we'll collect those, okay? Uh, this is how I want to end. Uh, if we can pull that Matthew passage back up. And, and, and worship team, if you guys can just go ahead and come back out now. Um, The passage ends here, uh, the city on the hill passage ends by Jesus saying, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is why we do what we do. This is why we spend time on our identity as our church, our mission. This is why we spend time reflecting back on what God has already done. And this is why we spend a lot of time, a lot of hours in prayer, in conversation, wrestling through what God is calling us to be in 2011. Why? Because we desire God to be glorified. Amen? That's it. 
Everything that we do is for that. We're not seeking to gain a better reputation, to advance our own purpose, our own cause. We do what we do so that God will be praised. We do what we do so that God's name will be known. We do what we do so God's reputation and fame will be increased. Amen? That's it. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're pushing so hard as a new church in 2011. Let me pray for you, and then Kelly will lead us. God, we ask now that you, through your Holy Spirit, would be increasing the capacity of our godly imagination. Open up our minds, God, to see and to envision what is possible when you are at work. We pray the way, um, we pray that that, that you you would be speaking to us the way you so often do, that you would be aligning our hearts together, that we'd be surprised at the way that you are speaking similar things to us individually through our times in prayer, through our study of the scripture, through our times in community group. God, would we be surprised at how your Holy Spirit is aligning us as a church? And now, Lord, we pray um, for unity, not for unity's sake, but for the sake of your mission and your gospel. We pray that you would bind us together for your purposes. And in doing so, we ask that you would protect us from the evil one, from any distraction, any temptation, God that we'd remain solely focused on you so that your fame may increase, so that your name would be known in this city and beyond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Come on and stand on your feet and let's worship God. Uh, I hope you'll join us uh, next week. Be back with us next week as we continue to pursue some of these things that we laid out today. Uh, Lunch is now. So what you're going to do is you're going to walk out this door. You're going to turn left, and then you're going to turn right. And then when you see something that reminds you of your eighth grade year, you're in the right place, okay? We got like lasagna and salad and other stuff. $5 suggested donation if you can. Uh, That'd be helpful. If not, that's okay. We'll see you next week. If you have a visitor card or connection card, you can drop it off on the welcome table on your way out. See you next week.